Hello and you're very welcome to this week's uh, Friday Sport. It's uh, five o'clock, it's Aidan Rafferty and uh, that can only mean one thing, that's right, it is Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Rafferty and the show is as always kindly sponsored by Best Drive here in Roscommon Town. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and we'd like to thank Joe for... Um, for another great show there before us if you want to get in touch uh, if you want to send in a comment uh, you can text or whatsapp 0838599748 you can listen in on on the radio on FM 94.6 website www.rossfm.ie forward slash live or on the tune in app um, we'll kick off the show uh, as always with uh, Premier League and uh, yeah, it's a, a quite a, quite a shorter version, I suppose, of uh, um, because there's, there's no fixtures uh, f- f- this weekend. But I suppose we can look back at the results from last weekend, Martin. Yeah, sure. Uh, we'll go straight into it. Uh, <coughs> Premiership results from last weekend: Everton nil, Liverpool nil, Brentford five, Leeds two, Chelsea two, West Ham one, Newcastle nil, Crystal Palace nil, Not in the Forest two, Bournemouth three. Tottenham 2, Fulham 1, Wolves 1, Southampton 0, Aston Villa 1, Man City 1, Brighton 5, Leicester 2 and Man United 3, Arsenal 1. So we'll kick off with the uh, first game there, Aston Villa 1, Man City 1, Gerrards Villa, Holt, Peps Gallop to the top of the Premiership. Despite dominating the match with 72% possession, uh, plus 13 shots on goal compared to Villa's 3 shots and Halland putting City in front on 50 minutes making him top goal scorer still on 10, four ahead of Mitrovic. But Bailey scored an equaliser for Villa on 74 minutes. Villa was denied a shock winner when Coutinho scored, but he was flagged offside before scoring by the linesman and the referee blew the whistle. It was clear City players had stopped when at least when the whistle was blown, but the linesman should not have flagged till the ball became dead and the referee should have ignored the linesman and not blown the whistle and let play continued. Uh, not uh, fast fault, so a good goal was uh, disallowed. Um, so you wonder, you know, what's that? what could that mean down the road, Aidan? You know, uh, well, a very, very important decision. Uh, the linesman know that they shouldn't be flagging, and the referee should have ignored it. Yeah. Because a- even if the players had seen the flag... Uh, and stop play, that's their fault because you, you react to the whistle. Anyway, Tottenham 2, Fulham 1. Spurs remain unbeaten after a win in this London derby. Goals by Hoberg in the first half and Kane in the second half. Sealed the three points despite Mitrovic's goal late in, in the match. Kane's goal puts him third on the Premiership goal scorers list now. 188 goals going above Andy Cole. Another 20 goals will see him draw level with Rooney. Newcastle nil, Crystal Palace nil. This match uh, will be remembered for a monumental error by VAR. Palace's Mitchell scored an own goal as Toon's Willock was attacking in the penalty box and collided with the Palace keeper. Referee saw no, no foul but was asked by VAR to go to the monitor. The video showed that there was no error at all by the referee and that Mitchell had pushed Willock into his own keeper, causing injury to both players and the ball then hit off him into a goal. Why did the referee change his mind, you'd ask? Have to presume due to lack of experience, he buckled under the pressure to his peer ref at VAR. VAR is supposed to act if it is a clear error, but this was not a clear error by the referee, 
In fact, his original decision was correct. VAR has admitted an error, but that's a bit too late. So uh, that caused a lot of controversy, that did. Um, Chelsea 2, West Ham 1. Um, Moyes hammers robbed of a deserved equaliser in the 90th minute by VAR. Cornet goal looked good and given by the referee, but VAR told referee to view a not the view the monitor as uh, uh, refer- as VAR referenced uh, deemed had the VAR had deemed Bowen had fouled the Chelsea keeper Mendy as he jumped over the flawed keeper with his tra- tailing uh, trailing boot and hence stopping the keeper preventing the corner goal, which was nonsense. This was not a clear and obvious error by the referee, so VAR should not have got involved. Mendy made a meal of the slight contact as if he had been hit hard and seriously injured. Goal should have stood, and the keeper booked for unsporting behaviour. In, in the end, victory did not save Tuchel's reign, as Chelsea bus Tuchel is a very good manager, and despite the poor start, he was not given enough time to get the new players gelled into the squad and turn uh, things round in six matches. Uh, and they're sixth in the Premiership as well, Aiden. Uh, only five points behind the leaders. Very sad and concerning decision by the Chelsea owner. Uh, Brentford 5 leads to the Bees. Tony scored a hat-trick and passing the 50-goal mark. He's now on 52 for the club. This is... This is 18 straight penalties the marksman has scored consecutively for the Bees. I believe the record in England is held by Matthew Letizier on 23 goals. Leeds had most of the possession and shots on goal, but the Whites could not handle Tony. Brentford are eighth now, just below Liverpool and Chelsea. Everton nil, Liverpool nil. Uh, a superb point for the Toffees. Still no wins, but they are at least not losing matches. Instead, they're gaining points with uh, well-earned draws. These uh, Mersey rivals are used to draws. 36 now, which is a premiership record, which includes nine of the last 11 Goodison meetings, ending all square. Klopp will be worried about his players lacking spark and making poor defences decisions, especially Arnold and Van Dijk. Pool's form is not Premiership winning form, but with Everton turning a corner and with the future winter break, who knows what's around for any clubs um, for the rest of the season. What did you think of that game, Aidan, yourself? Yeah, it's it's a game I saw, uh, yeah, very below par performance by Liverpool. I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, no, no, I, really? I, I'd always support them regardless, but um, yeah, it's very, very unlike Van Dijk, uh, the way, you know, um, you know, it, it actually looked like, and I never thought I'd say this, Everton had the, it's the first time where I've seen Everton having the, the better, better phases of play than maybe Liverpool at times. Um, you know, it, what was even more shocking, but we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. Is they followed up that ba- that um, that bad performance by another bad performance in the Champions League. Oh, but yeah. um, you know, it's um, there's a lot for them to fix. Obviously, look at we all know that this Liverpool team isn't as bad as it's not that they have quality players. They're not as bad as their the game against Everton or the game against Napoli. But Napoli were a good side. But we'll talk about that later. Mm. Um, 
you know it just means that there's a lot to fix how does he fix it that's another thing um, but look at uh, you know Liverpool supporters are loyal and we'll stick by them but you, you know it's just it just could be maybe you know to said on television that maybe it's it's an accumulation of maybe the intensity of um, the style of play that Jurgen Klopp has them playing and maybe you, you know it's kind of it's catching up on them maybe what, what, what are your thoughts on that Mark? Well the player that stands out to me the most disappointing, yeah? They seem to have issues in defence. Yeah. It's clear to me now, Mane leaving was a bigger loss than people expected. And that was not just the goals he scored, but his running. Yeah, he's... he's his challenging, his... You know, because he used to get booked quite a bit because he would chase the game, chase players. That's gone out from out of, the, out of that team at the moment. And that was a luxury maybe you could say the back four had. They had yeah. this man running in midfield, from the, maybe from the forward line as well, chasing down balls. So there, there was less time for the, the other team. And he, was, mo- he had the speed as well to get back, actually, yeah, as, as one yeah. of the defenders. Very good player, but I think they're missing that now more than the goal side of it. And uh, Arnold is just, I think, totally lost the plot. I mean, I don't see why he's even playing. He's that bad. That, that's what I was going to say. Is he in danger of being dropped? Well, and, but yeah. if you did drop him, who? well, I suppose you have Simicast, but not, not really much more options, really. Drop him. Because yeah. I saw him there in the Napoli game. It's like he gave up the chase. Yeah. And just putting his arms up. Or It's terrible. I mean, this is a guy who people were talking about not long about should be in the England squad or team. He not, the way he's going, he's not going to be in the Liverpool team. Yeah. So uh, I think he needs to be uh, uh, on the bench. I think. I think as well as that, there's an endanger if, if he keeps playing like that. The player, the, the fans will turn against him as well because you, you know, like player fans don't mind a player yeah. having a bad game if he, they give it their yeah. all. He's a defender. He got a reputation before his crosses and his free kicks and all that, yeah. But at the end of the day, he's a defender and he's not working hard enough. Mm. Yeah, he's been caught out. Um, We'll move on. Man United 3, Arsenal 1. Red Devils, uh, as many probably predicted, gain my previous big matches. The Red Devils, as many probably predicted, going by previous big matches between these two old enemies, stopped Arsenal winning start to the Premier season. The new boy in town, Brazilian Anthony, was lively from the start and scored on his debut on 35 minutes. Gunners responded and took the game to United and on the 60th minute got a deserved level from Saka. United now were under growing pressure from Arsenal as they looked for a winner, but it was the combination of Fernandez, Eriksen and the reborn Rashford that sliced through the inexperienced back four of Arsenal's setting up Flying Rashford with two goals. Four wins on the trot for Den Hag's United, moving them up to fifth. Only three points behind Arsenal, still top of the Premiership. So, a g- good game, entertaining. Um, but you, you were saying about Arsenal, like we were saying about what a great start they had, and they looked very good this season. But you were, you were still, even though they were playing well and they were getting wins, you were saying bit too early. Yeah, yet. they and, haven't played. And, they and haven't, you're, you're proven yeah. right in that result. They haven't played anyone, and. Look, if they played Man United two weeks ago, they would have beaten them. Yeah. Um, but Man United peaked like they did against Liverpool. They they upped the game. Now, saying that, Arsenal were probably the better team on the day against um, Man United, but the, it just showed a, a lack of experience at the back. 
It was long balls. That that was a tactic. They got caught out in long boards, and, and Rashford is flying at the moment. He's a vast runner. So a bit of naivety there. No, no one covering. Um, so hopefully they'll learn their mistakes from that one. Um, okay, they, they won in the, the Europa League last night, but that's not that's not the the grade. You, you, you'll only be uh, only judged by the next Premier game. Yeah, or, or even Champions League. But I suppose really looking at that as well, it's it, it's going to be. You know what do what do uh, you know? We say about Ramsey. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit, uh, being a good keeper. I'm 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 um, you know a fan of Ramsey. I think he's a very good keeper in, in all aspects of goalkeeping. Mm. But could you really blame him in any sense for the, for the goals? No, no, yeah. no, no. It's just bad defending. I mean, mm. you're you're playing a high line, and they got caught out. And a and, bit like and, and, and some bad positioning as well, where it was mm. clear where a player was, and there was no cover. Uh, very, yeah, a bit like Liverpool, yes, for sure. Um, so, yeah, um, disappointed, yes, um, but didn't surprise me at the same time. Um, so you can't discount Man United, and even though they lost last night, that, that was a bit of a fluke in one way because the, there was a penalty given that shouldn't have been given. Anyway, we'll move on with some of these games. Brighton 5, Leicester 2. Uh, little did we know what this result would mean. But anyway, Brighton 5, Leicester 2, terrific match match that was in the balance at half time when it was 2-0 but second half Brighton's dominance could not be quelled by the Foxes especially McAllister firing in two goals and having a superb free kick ruled out by VAR for a very marginal offside where you could argue the player who was declared offside was not interfering. Leicester boss Rogers has been expected to be sacked or even walk, having lost five and drawn one of their opening six matches. But it's it was Brighton's boss Potter who has gone. Success for the Seagulls and its fans in recent seasons and obvious to see at the final whistle is now a bittersweet pill for all Brighton Hove Albion's faithful. Potter never got a win over Chelsea as the Brighton bus, but the last three matches, two of them uh, draws at Stamford Bridge, did end all in draws, as I said. It's a pity Brighton fans, but Potter deserves his chance at Chelsea, and I wish him success, and hope the Seagulls get a, a new manager who can continue the Potter's magic. But I, I suppose, really, lo- looking at that, obviously, the, the dismissals of Tuchel, straight, more or less straight away after the Champions League, um, you know, it was. I know they're, they're they're not they weren't their usual self, but did it really? Did their performances really warrant him getting no. the sack? I, I was thinking that. I, you know, I was talking to friends about this. It was very unfair. You know, mm. people they, that are really into their football. I think they had sacked him before that. Really, just yeah. had, just hadn't announced it. But no, it's it's not good enough. I mean, uh, they've had a poor start, but you got new, so many new players. It's, they spent more than any other club. I personally think. Uh, the that was own, probably it. I think the owner had made his decision when he took over that he didn't want Tuchel there. And he was waiting for the first moment where he felt he had the reasons to get rid of him. But I suppose really, if you, do you know, if you're an owner of a club and you're pumping a lot of money in so that the manager can buy players that he feels mm. will, will make a difference and you're not getting the results... It, do you know it's it's a results it's a results business mm. and um but i mean but you you kind of in some cases you have owners that buy that buy clubs but they do they really actually have a knowledge of football and understand how mm. football works maybe if he did he might have been would oh, he yeah. be more do you know like cuz it works a football club or football clubs in general no matter what level 
they work in a different way to a normal business. Yeah. So, um, you know, it works in different ways. There's there's a lot of stakeholders involved, sponsors, TVs, all these kind of things. So, I mean, it works differently than, than like a company down the road. Um, so well, maybe I, I was wondering what would have Abranovich done? Would he have would have sacked him as well because he, he, he could have been he was uh, quick sometimes to quick managers as well but yeah. I have a feeling he wouldn't have had in this case I think he would have showed a bit of loyalty because mm. he got the Champions League there um, and some other silverware there in the last couple of years I think he would have given him a chance but uh, I think this new owner obviously had a, a, a it wouldn't surprise me he has uh, someone already well, we, we know he's got Potter lined up. Yeah. But see, Potter's kind of inexperienced in many ways. Mm. And I feel for Potter as well because he's done such a great job. You like to see these blokes gradually go up the, up, up the ranks, you could say, in bigger mm. jobs. And you've seen it in the past where managers have done well and they suddenly get the big job and they're, they're ousted. I mean, an example of that would be, you know, the Everton manager, David Moyes, for, for Everton. He did a great job at Everton. I know, yeah. went, into, went into the, the Man, Man United, United job. It, it kind of looked, even though he had the players, it mm. was like, it, it's, it just came across like, you know, there's certain managers that are suitable for managing a certain level of club. Mm. And then when they go above that, maybe it's, it's like uh, sink or swim and maybe they're, 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 it's like biting up more than they can chew. Yeah, I mean, I was going to mention it in the uh, predictions, but you look at Leicester. Everyone's been predicting he's gone. You know, he's either going to be sacked or he's going to walk. Yeah, but there is, there is a bit more professional, should I say, professional care? Yeah, from the owner with the manager. Yeah, you know, there is support there. Things are have got problems. Yeah. I like to think what's happening there is they're going to give him time to get it right. And he has got the players to do it right, and he's definitely capable of doing it right. And I like to see that happen, and I like to see him start pulling away from the bottom of the table and show to other owners or com- uh, club committees... Don't be so quick to sack your managers. Yeah, like I mean, that um, happens in a lot of in a lot of the clubs in the Premier League. But I mean, if you were looking at it across the board in the first couple of matches up to now this season. You know, he would have been more likely than than Tuchel to get sacked. Of course. You know, yeah. so how is it they got rid, they got rid of? You know, it it just doesn't make sense. Like you know, maybe the the owner didn't obviously analyze the performances mm-hmm. and the things and just checked. Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, just, you you think about the Leicester games, right? Okay, yeah. I mentioned it earlier. They they've lost five, drawn one, yeah. Mm. But they're not being they're not being, you know, beaten by two or three or four goals. It's normally a goal. Yeah. So it's only a matter of time I think he'll turn it around. Yeah, he has got no signing, so he hasn't got any new blood that you can really spice up, you know, that maybe the attacking part. But I like to think he will get it round, around, and I think the owners are backing him. So I think that's the template that these clubs should be. I, I fear for Potter now mm. at Chelsea because I think what he done at Brighton was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, he done it last season. The first couple of seasons, he, he just kept them. The plan was to keep them in the mm. Premier. Then last season, I think they finished uh, ninth or something like that. That they're presently sixth, I believe, is it sixth, mm. uh, fourth at the moment. So I hope it, it, it puts him in an awkward position. You can't say no. It's mm. like when Lampard was offered the job of Chelsea. He ain't going to say no. He knows he's not experienced. Mm. Uh, Potter's got good experience. 
you know, he's in, I think, Sweden or... Is it Sweden, I think it was? Yeah. And uh, he done well there. And, of course, I think he was manager at Bournemouth as well for a while. But uh, he has got experience. But uh, anyway, look, I, I hope he does well. Um, but um, An interesting one about, about feel, that. You feel for Brighton now, can't yeah, you? Yeah, well, that's because it. Because suddenly... And, and Potter's taken, obviously, his backroom crowd with him, which is the norm normally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so the assistant manager, I think, is running the show there. But you feel for them now, because if suddenly they go off the boil, it'd be directed at that movement. But also, as well as that, the, in that as well is, you know, Chelsea, a bigger club, bigger pressure. Mm. And is he... Well, you if know, you ask the fans of Chelsea, yeah... Right, I'd say 99% of them would be saying, why was Tuchel sacked? Mm. There wouldn't be a gri- an agreement. I would agree. Now, I, uh, we all know if Potter comes in he's, he comes in and things change, that'll all be forgotten. Yeah. Now, Potter's definitely a good manager, there's no doubt about it, but you can only do with what's going on. And I, I do wonder about the, the owners of that club now you know uh, how they do I think they expect I think they expect instant results I think you know mm. are, are the, I think owners kind of are they, they're not very realistic I mean, mm. it takes time for a manager to yeah, it's, how, it's like how are these players going to react All, and, mm. and these new players now mm. these are players that Potter didn't sign mm. they're, they're, they're down to Tuchel and whoever in the club yeah. so he could be thinking God there's players there I wouldn't even, I wouldn't want but I don't think it's... I, I, I think he'll do good, but they could, if you've got any prima donnas in that Chelsea club, they might yeah, think... Yeah, but anyway. Listen, there is some interesting stats, so just thinking, Aiden, there. This is just after six matches, yeah? There's only three teams that have not won at home in the Premiership. Mm. And, of course, they're teams that are kind of wandering down at the bottom a bit. Everton, West Ham and Leicester. 11 teams have not lost at home yet this season. So 11 teams all the go haven't lost at home, including Arsenal. I think Liverpool are on there. Um, 11 teams have not won away yet this season. Definitely, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's uh, quite a, a number of teams. Only two teams not lost away this season. Right. You haven't got a clue who they are, have you? Go on. <laughs> Spurs and Brighton. There you go. Just, now, just we go on to the Champions League, obviously, because that's back, uh, as is as the Europa League. Don't mention the war. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, done as though Zagreb won, Chelsea nil. So that was a, a big shock, really, because, um, uh, well, yeah, big shock. Uh, obviously, a weakened team played, but it still should be good enough. Celtic nil, Real Madrid three. Celtic did give a good performance. Uh, Seville nil, Man City four. So, uh, very good win there. Of course, Napoli four, Liverpool one. Um, I'll ask Aidan a bit about that one because he would have probably watched the game live. Yeah, yeah, and then there's Tottenham two, Marseille nil. And then uh, there is matches uh, next week as well, which is uh, Liverpool are playing Ajax on Tuesday, Sporting Lisbon v Tottenham. And then on Wednesday, we've got Chelsea v Red Bull, so that'd be interesting. And Miss Man City, a very interesting game there as well. Man City for your Borussia Dortmund. And then in the Europa League, uh, yesterday, Zurich uh, 1, Arsenal 2, Man United 0, Real Sociedad 1. And um, again, they'll be playing next week. Arsenal are playing PSV Eindhoven. 
and Sheriff Tiraspol, who are actually top of the table now at the moment in the in Europa League, are playing Man United. So, yeah, um, decent win for Arsenal. Man United, OK, probably made five or six changes. They obviously suffered a bit. Mm. Um, the, goal, the goal shouldn't have been a, yeah. a penalty because... Um, the defender has gone in. It's uh, he's blocked it with his leg, but it's come off his leg and hit his arm. Uh, yes, you could argue the arms out a bit, but it's the projection of the ball hitting off the leg. I, I, now there was a bit of confusion. I thought the rule was that um, it's not deemed as a penalty if it uh, comes off another part of the body before it hits the arm. You know, like a deflection. So uh, I don't think that should have stood that. Game, but anyway, go, Liverpool Napoli. Aiden, explain that, please. Straight away from the kickoff, they were in trouble. I mean, they, they had a chance. Uh, Napoli had a chance straight away. So this, this is worried. I mean, the first two goals were penalties. I mean, that 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 tells you. And uh, now, Allison, Allison was brilliant. He he did um, he did save he did save there that the, one of the penalties. Um, but look. Um, and that's when I thought Liverpool were going to come yeah. back into it then. Yeah, uh, but I suppose, look at Robertson, in defence, Robertson did his best. Uh, Gomez, he was at the cause of a, of a lot of the goals. Van Dijk, not, at, not really, uh, I've never seen him playing as bad. I think there was only uh, one good player. Um, so, you know, if, yeah. The guy um, up front, what's his name? Um, Fabinho. Diaz. Diaz? Yeah. Uh, you know Firmino he was doing well up until this game did his best but not really at the races Fabinho tends to give away a lot of frees um, Harvey Elliott a young lad you couldn't really blame him for it he did his mm, best he's only know. a young lad he's still finding his way in Europe like he played in Europe last season um, you know he played a few seasons you know I still rate him very highly it's just uh, you couldn't really blame him uh, put him in the, the bag category um, Salah missed an awful lot of chances as well just Arnold what was he going for a walk yeah well I don't know he was a disgrace yeah, it pains me to say because I I I I, mean, I, I, lo- I love Liverpool, but um, he doesn't even seem to acknowledge that it's his fault. Yeah, I never see him doing that. He, he it's like he used to have fight in him. You know, that, that I don't know. Is it, I don't know what it is. Something he's, he's, he's not reading the game hmm. at all. Um, I think I I still think. He plays to the cameras. I really do. Yeah. You see him coming out, and when the cameras are on, he's kind of all straight well, faced. He's paid to play soccer, yeah. not 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 to not not to not to beautify himself. But when on you TV. stop running, when you even if you're beaten and you stop running, yeah, you know yourself. You mm. don't stop running because we, you don't know how that, that ball's going to end. Your running back could still stop a goal. Yeah, yeah. But he, he just gives up. His positioning is poor. Um, I th- I think he thinks he's a, a a winger. Well, then play him in the wing. I wouldn't play uh, him at all. I drop uh, him. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's he. If he doesn't, if he doesn't get his act together, there's no way he's going to be in the, the the England World Cup squad. I don't think he's going to be in the World Cup squad as it is. Never mind. I think he, if he does improve, I think it's it's uh, too little because I mean, look at the the. Uh, you the, mentioned Simica there, Simica. Yeah. He do a better job. He works. Yeah. He works. He works hard, 
and put him on, get him off. T- 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 I'm, I'm, I'm surprised Klopp is not doing anything about it. It's nearly like Klopp is not seeing the problem there. Mm. We'll see. Well, we we won't know from this weekend's matches, matches because of obviously being postponed. But um, it's a pity because I, 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 if I was the manager, I would have put him on the bench. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just going back. Yeah. So we obviously have heard that the Premiership matches this week's end. Should I say, even in the whole of the English league, have been postponed. Uh, I think it's a strange decision. Um, obviously, they're postponed in respect of um, uh, Queen Elizabeth dying in England. Um, don't agree with it myself. Um, you can pay respect if you wish uh, at matches, at venues, you know, like they did last night, the Man United game, you know, minute silence. It's on the screen, armbands. Uh, I don't see the point uh, of postponing these games even more with the uh, the World Cup yeah. um, coming up in the winter. So there's already Both Champions League games and, and there's European already games. pressure for games. I, can you imagine all the organisation that goes into planning these games, uh, whether it's the clubs themselves? The people going to games, booking events, booking hotels, maybe even booking planes. planes. How are people, how are you paying respect by cancelling these games? These these are jobs, people's jobs. You're more or less saying, take a day or two off. Yeah, you're a footballer, you're a sportsman. Oh, no, no, if you're working in shops, you carry on. If you're working in a hospital, you carry on. Yeah. How is that right? How is that paying respect? How are they going to pay their respects by sitting at home? The government's national morning guidance states cancelling or postponing sports fixtures is not an obligatory and is at the discretion of the individual organisations, including on the day of the state funeral. On the day of the funeral, the guidance suggests events could be rescheduled so that they did not clash with uh, the timings of the service and the organisers could hold a period of silence or play the national anthem at events with players wearing black armbands. Mm. I think this is a huge, I think it's a disgraceful mm. decision. I don't know, was it the Premier League? Did they consult with the chairmans or they just say, we are doing this, this is a big event, you know, the Queen dying. But what do you achieve you would see far more respect paid at the venues. Yeah. Last night at Man United, not one, not one person said anything in that minute. Yeah. Mm. I, I think it's just terrible. I mean, what what are, what are we doing? Uh, I mean, it's not it's not taken away from the Queen. I mean, I, I know there there'd be people out there that's probably not interested in this, but this is this is a job. This is a sport. Yeah. It shouldn't have to. Games, they, they put this statement out of respect for the passing of the, the Queen Elizabeth in England, yeah? Mm. How are you paying your respects that way? Now, I could understand if the fixtures were on the day of the funeral. Yeah, I could understand that maybe, yeah? But with this World Cup coming up, the managers have got headaches already. And I can't believe one manager, especially in the Premiership, will be happy with this. It'd be interesting to see if there is any fallout. But 
On the other hand, it might, it might surprise me that, that there's not, because if you're seen to kind of criticise decision, you could be seen as... Disrespecting. Disrespecting, yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's an annoying at the most. And, uh, I mean, I, 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 I would not be against the Queen at all. If any, I know there's people out there, but I'm, it's not as if I'm not a supporter of the Queen at all. I have great respect for her, and I wish her, you know, rest in peace and obviously um, commiserations to the family. But this is jobs. I think the Premiership or whoever made you see the English League need to wake up and say, who are you to affect so many people? Mm. I mean, the, the opportunity of paying respect is at the venues. Yeah, where people are together. Yes. The, the player, the, the supporters and players. Yes, last going, night yeah. was, but to be doing it at all these grounds when kickoffs, yeah, that's what you do. Now, I have no doubt when the games resume, which is probably next week or whenever, they will do that. But why couldn't they have done that? The, the funeral's not a, a, for another two weeks. So anyway, I've said enough about it. I just think it's a, it's putting more pressure on these managers. We've seen managers being sacked already. Yeah? Yeah. So that's it. So obviously we've got no fixtures this week, Aiden. I know you're not happy either. Uh, um, so we don't know. We don't even know. It, well, I don't. Coming on air here, I don't know when they're resuming, but I have to presume it's the, oh, the following week. Christmas, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this round of games. The following well. weekend. Yeah. Well, this round of games, yeah. Will it will it be uh, at the end of the first round of the fixtures, if you know what I mean? But you see, the, 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 between now and Christmas, you know, it's all about playing. The, you know, it's with the World Cup and everything. Realistically, you can't say this round of games has been played this year. I'd say, I'd say it'll be post Christmas before they they be. No, yeah, you're that. probably right. Yeah, so I, I don't know, uh, maybe there's there's people more in the know than I am about it. But, All uh, the work that's gone in for yeah. clubs preparing to go to training, getting things ready for travelling. Yeah. And that's now, OK, they can say, well, they had a bit of time, but not much time. Yeah. You know, and uh, and and if, this, if they knew this was happening, teams might have played different te- uh, players for the games during midweek. They were planning. They knew they had their games here. Yeah. So I, I think, I think they've got it wrong. Hmm. I think that they've lost touch with reality. You know. But I mean, this means that this will push on this this round of fixtures, which means that'll put more pressure on t- on the players and on the management, which means possible yeah, but, injuries. But, 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 but it, no. it, it does. It, but the, the simple. It's obvious to me. You've got people working all around the country or the world, say in England anyway, yeah? Mm. They're not all going to be not working that day. Mm. So does that mean they're not paying their respects? Of course not. Mm. So they shouldn't be uh, making it a rule that, well, it's different for sport. It's not. Yeah, well, that's it. Anyway, I won't say any more. No problem. Thank you, Aidan. Um, before, we, before we finish on, uh, on the soccer note, uh, the uh, Premier, the uh, Roscommon District League football uh, League uh, start resumes this week, Martin. And I suppose uh, from from a from a Ballinagar Manor point of view, we finished our pre-season preparation there last weekend with a, a friendly against uh, St John's Athletic in Ballinagar. Uh, a good four-one win, uh, which is a, a good way to finish off um, against a good side. Uh, Who were you playing in? Sorry. Uh, we were playing uh, St John's Athletic oh, and yeah, uh, yeah, a good, good. friendly. Uh, we had a new signing, Vando. Vando, he's um, he used to play for Common Town. Uh, he played well. He went on. He was starting on the bench. Came on and scored a goal. 
played very well. Uh, I suppose everyone played well. Um, I think I've heard that man before. I've Fando, heard. yeah, uh, a good player, and uh, you know, so we're delighted to have him. We'd like to to welcome him to the to the club. Uh, a good all round performance by everyone that played from uh, the starting eleven to subs. Um, you know, so fair play, and it's it's great to be back. And uh, this sun this Sunday now, I'll just read out the fi- the uh, the fixtures. Boyle Celtic versus Moyla. That's a ju- that's a nice game. Uh, we all know how, how good uh, this Boyle Celtic team are. That these guys, these are this evening's games. Boyle Celtic versus Moyla. Seventy nine throw uh, kick off at eight pm. Very good game. That's uh, but you'd have to tip Boyle on that one. Ballymore versus Dunmore uh, at eight pm this evening. Come on, Dunmore. That's, that's in the that's in Division One. Uh, an interesting game as well. With two teams we'll be coming up against later on uh, in in the league as well. Um, hard to know what the, what way that will go. I just have to I have an inkling for uh, Dunmore on that uh, on that Martin. Moving on to Sunday, September the eleventh, and uh, in the Premier Division, the first round: Castlery Celtic versus Moore United. Um, you kind of have to go for uh, for Castlery Celtic, although last season they were in the relegation playoff against ourselves. Um, you'd like to think that maybe they've turned around. Uh, we played them in the friendly. Uh, there during the during the during preseason, they, they looked in, they looked good. They're a few uh, very uh, young lads, and um, you know, so that's going to be that's going to be interesting to see. That's going to be an interesting game that kicks off at two p.m. Uh, Ballinasloe Town versus Sky Valley Rovers kick off two p.m. as well. Uh, you'd have to you'd have to go for uh, Ballinasloe Town on that. Ballahadreen versus St John's Athletic. Um, I've an inkling for Ballahadreen on that one, and CPA Jacks. Uh, versus uh, Kilcarran United I'd go for uh, CP Ajax on that one uh, strangely enough I suppose some people might say uh, in Division 1 uh, all these games are at 11 o'clock uh, Ballinasloe Town B obviously defending champions in the, the first division they won the first division last year uh, won it against ourselves Betters 1-0 that they scored in the last 10 minutes good team now they were very hard, but we we, we stuck with them. Uh, but a, a very good goal, and uh, yeah, so they're playing Dysart at eleven o'clock. That's in uh, that's in Ballinasloe. Uh, Cam Celtic versus Clunfad also at eleven, and uh, finally our game. Uh, we're at home. Ballinagar Manor are at home to uh, Roscommon United. A game you were at last year. Um, Played on St Patrick's Day morning. Uh, we 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 were all over them in the first half. We went three was three nil up. We 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 won it in the end. But they they came, they really came at us in the second half. And uh, you know, so they're, they're a good side. We're under no illusions. Well, that's that a chance for you to win it, there. What's that? Yeah, yeah. If if we play like we can play, and we played in the second half of uh, last season, it's it's a game we can win. But if, if we do win it, either way. Roscommon Town, Roscommon United will put up, will put it up to us. So oh, yeah. uh, hopefully, hopefully, um, it's it's going to be. It looks like a very good and a very interesting first round of uh, games in the uh, Roscommon and District Football League, both in the First Division and in the Premier Division. So uh, plenty. If, if we should we should have done, we we should have done predictions on that. Yeah, definitely would have been it would have been interesting, or maybe even the League of Ireland. So. I'm, ha- I'm having withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we, we we have to get you therapy, Martin. Yeah. Uh, so thanks very much for that, Martin. And after this, we have uh, we have a good interview with William Nittle from uh, from Lucky uh, Triathlon uh, Club. So uh, stay tuned. So I was talking to him during the week. Uh, so that's coming up after this. 
Hello everyone, how you doing? This is Aidan Rafferty here. I'm the sports presenter on Ross FM Community Radio and uh, I'm, this is just a notice to say I am looking for contributors to the show, be it for GA, like Gaelic football, hurling, ladies football or camogie, soccer, rugby, you name it, I'm looking for it. Are you a player or are you a supporter or a committee member of a club? Or are you just interested? Are you are you just interested in getting involved in sports, in the radio? If so, why not get back to? Why not contact me on oh eight nine four three zero four four nine six or else email fr- Friday Sport on RossFM at Outlook dot com or GAView at Outlook dot com and uh, if you email me I'll get in touch with you and we can discuss your ideas so why not get back to me today thank you bye hello everyone how you doing and you're very welcome to Lockheed Triathlon with myself Aidan Raftery and uh, we also have joining us the, the chairperson of um, of Lockheed Triathlon Club uh, William William hello Will, hello William how are you are you well Hello, yeah, I'm great. Yeah, thank you. That's good. That's great. Great to have you on board. Thanks very much for uh, th- thanks very much for uh, taking the time out to do the interviews. And uh, we have uh, William Nichols. So uh, I suppose uh, welcome to the show first of all. And we'll kick off the um, we'll kick off the interview with uh, I suppose telling us a bit about um, when it was founded and who it was founded, uh, the year and all that. Uh, it, it's always a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. So. Um... I only got involved with triathlon in 2012, but the club has been around since 2006. Um, there was three founder members, um, Finbar Feely, that's still involved in the club today. There was Linda Shivlin and Alice Reynolds. So the first, our first triathlon event was held in Lockheed Forest Park outside Boyle in 2006. And there's been one running every year since, bar the two years of uh, COVID. So there were three founder members. And I suppose looking at that key forest part, just to give uh, it's a it's a really beautiful setting to uh, to have an event, and I suppose for yourselves to do the training as well, it, it's great to, it's great to see to have that. Um, but it's a be- it's a beautiful site and uh, great facilities there for obviously it's it's a very popular spot for tourists and things like that. So um, if you yeah. if you just need to tell the the listeners a bit a bit about Lockheed Forest Park and what it offers, and uh, I suppose you know the benefits that you have had from it yeah well Lockheed a lot of us probably take it a wee bit for granted because we live beside it but like anytime we go to a race anywhere else in the country everyone knows Lockheed and mentions Lockheed and how how beautiful it is and they love doing our um, our triathlon because it's very it's a very iconic iconic race you, you, you swim out near McDermott's Castle out near Castle Island um, you cycle around it doing our triathlon and you can see you can see views of Castle Island again on parts of the bike route and you, you cycle the full loop of the lake and the, the views are spectacular and the, the run should, the 5k run that we do have at the end of our triathlon is all through the trails and trees and it, it's beautiful uh, through Lockheed but it's a, it's a brilliant place that we that we can train like we train there a couple times a week training in the, the open water swimming out near, near Castle Island as, as I said so it's beautiful swimming by and you're looking up to take a breath like and you just get a glimpse of the castle you wouldn't get it anywhere um, and then we have the all the run routes we can do. It's a, but yet yeah, it's, it's a brilliant facility to have on our doorstep. And I suppose just to, to, to tell people a bit more about, obviously, 
you know, people know that those three events, obviously the running, uh, swimming and cycling are not necessarily in that order. But just, um, I, I suppose, the distances, does it vary from location to location or is it a set distance? Location to location. Yeah, well, different clubs will hold different length races, but distances of triathlon... Um, us, we personally do run a sprint triathlon every year in the first weekend of September. But um, there's lots of distances. There's try a try, which is pretty much a sprint with a shortened swim if you're not that confident of a swimmer. Um, now, the sprint is a 750-meter swim, and it's followed by a 20-kilometer bike, followed by a 5-kilometer run. That's probably the most common distances, and that's the one we hold ourselves. Um, the next one up is an Olympic, which is... a a 1.5-kilometre swim, 1,500 metres, followed by 40 kilometres on the bike and then a 10-kilometre run. That's also a, quite a popular one. Um, you step up then to middle distance or half iron or 70.3, they're all the same same distance, um, which is a 1.9-kilometre swim, a 90-kilometre bike and a half marathon, which is a 21. And then after that, you step it up again to the full, which is... 3.8 kilometer swim, um, 180 kilometers on the bike, followed by a full marathon, which is a 42. So um, it's a tough day at the office when you're getting to that stage, a uh, distance triathlon. But um, it's up to, like, members will choose to, will choose whatever, you know, whatever their ability suits, and it's, it's, it's open to all. There's a distance for everyone, and every distance is achievable with the right amount of training and the right mindset. But we have athletes doing all, all them distances. Uh, um, so we do yeah and I suppose really it, it obviously demands a certain length of um, a certain length of uh, fitness but I suppose you know I suppose would they have to have had done a certain period of time maybe in the gym to build up to doing it or um, can you can you train them and go through the different things of what they need to do to uh, be able to get to a competitive level to be able to do it or like can people just simply do it for leisure and do just do what they can what they can get out of it or you know do what they're able to do or like you know if they only can do we say half of a certain distance can they do that or you know what what way can they do it that way we say for absolute beginners so they're just starting off yeah we we have people of all levels as I said we we've total beginners that come in and they might be able to swim they might be able to run too far but little you know small steps at a time you can build it up yeah. um, a sprint is very achievable for most people if they put in the work um the swim is probably the biggest challenge for a lot of people. So we've yeah. had a lot of people jog with very limited swimming and they've worked their way up to a sprint. Um, we offer, um, we have coaching sessions all winter there that works on technique. Um, we have open water sessions in the summer to get people confident in open water. Um, we've lots of experienced um, members that'll guide the you know, new members. And But yeah, all abilities. that You can choose to go into a triathlon and Try and race it. Try and win your age group, or you can. Ninety percent of people actually just want to want to see the finish line and, and get their medal. It's not like it's, it doesn't have to be a competitive sport. We have so many members. Just um. Just lots of people just want just want to get to the finish line, and you want to get yeah. the distance under their belt. It doesn't have to be competitive, and if you if you want to be competitive, you know it's it's, it's all abilities. Like triathlon is a great sport. It's open to all levels, and there is different distances to suit nearly every every ability. 
And of course, there, there are there there are a lot of clubs kind of around it. Obviously, there's uh, there's Lanesborough uh, Triathlon Club and, and a couple of other ones. So that that's kind of nice for yourself that you can maybe do things between the between yourselves and them as well. Like you know, kind of a, a little bit of rivalry and a bit a bit of crack. That you know, it, it's kind of, it's good that way as well, isn't it? That you you get to know people from other clubs as well, which is brilliant. And I suppose that's that that's part of all sports. It is, yeah, and we have a very close uh, relationship with Lensworth there, as you said, but we're, we have a very close relationship with a lot of clubs. Like, we have Sligo beside us, we have Midlands, um, uh, I think it's outside Mullingar, there's Longford. There's so many actually around, and we do have very close relationships with them all, and we meet them, and we actually do ho- ho- fun events in the spring. We've held lots of fun events this year in the spring, where, we'll say one week, we'd have a, ju- a duathlon, is pretty much when the water's too cold to swim. You'd meet up on a Sunday, and it it'll be the same sentence as a race, but it's not a race. Uh, you just do. It. We we're holding it. We did the. It's a run and a, and a and a cycle followed by a run. That's a duathlon. So yeah, that sounds very. Right. One week we'd say we'd we'd hold it, and it might start with two kilometer run. You might do a twenty k bike, and you might run a kilometer afterwards. And it they'd be friendly races. Like we'd invite lucky. We'd we'd invite uh, Midlands, Lanesborough, no, local clubs. And the following week, we'll say Lanesford hosted or Longford hosted or Midlands had hosted. And they're actually um, free events. Like, they're training events. It's it's, a, it's an opportunity for people to train for a duathlon. But it, it is a duathlon setting. Like, and you get the same experience. And you get tea and coffee afterwards and have the biscuits and have the chats. Like, and you make great friendships out of it. Like... But, and that, that that's really what it's all about and then like he, the, the world's your oyster after that then if you want to go higher or if you're just happy like just doing it as a, as a leisure thing or whatever way and that, that that's that, that's the way it should be and I suppose just to give us an idea about membership and uh, I'm sure it's it, it's kind of going up well you know year on year since uh, since it was formed um, yeah membership in our club um, I think it has averaged about 80 people over the years I over a hundred, you know, some years. It, it obviously did um, during um, the two COVID years, but we really uh, resurrected resurrected the club this year. Like we've we're back up, we bounced straight back up to eighty members this year, and we've had members all over the country and and farther afield this year, racing with Lockheed Colours, and it's not just uh, tri- triathlon. We've had we've had members um doing doing trail adventure races. Uh, marathons, half marathons, uh, no, all road road race distances. Um, cycle tu- cycle tours is a big thing as well. Um, we've had members turn up at cycle tours all over the country this year too, and then we've we've achieved massive things on the triathlon level. You know, for a small club this year as well. I can go into more detail on that as well. Yeah, sure. And I suppose it, with regards to membership as well, is it expensive to join? Um... Like, how do they how do they go about joining it, and uh, how much is it for them to join? I suppose it depends. You know, if you're for child for children and adults and things like that, is there's different prices for different types of membership? Is there? Yeah, um, it's all done through the Triathlon Ireland website. Now, I'm not a hundred percent certain on just exact prices, but at distance is the first option you get, which covers you yeah. for training with your club. It doesn't cover you for racing. So a training yeah. license would, if you buy a training license, I think, I think it's about forty euros, and you'd, you'd have to. Our membership then on top of that is twenty for the for the Lockheed. So yeah. for about sixty euros, you could get yourself a training license, and that that cover you to train all year with us. And well, that's very good. And you, and you could do them, um, mm-hmm. duathlons. I'm on about the training, training duathlons, etc. 
as well. But if you want to race competitively or race do a triathlon event, you can you can do a triathlon event with a training license, but you need to buy a one day license. Very good, yeah. Yeah. So you pay per event. Yeah. Yeah, that could be twenty or thirty euros per race to buy yourself a one day license that covers you for insurance. But if you were going to do maybe two or three triathlons in a year, it's cheaper to buy the racing license. Yeah. So again, I'm not a hundred percent sure on, on the price. It could be seventy ish plus your twenty. So you could be up to ninety or a hundred. But that covers your insurance is covered. That, that your your race license actually covers you to train when you're out on your own, even if you're not with the club. To my own, so it, it covers and you for a lot. If, if people want to uh, look up more information on on uh, triathlon Ireland, uh, uh, is it a website or is it a social media page or what's the best yeah, way? Well, triathlon Ireland have a presence on social medias, but they have the, the website will give you all the information too. Um, if you want to contact our own social pages, Lockheed social pages, um, we'll get back to you with more detail as well. That's perfect. That's great. And uh, I suppose really, um, you, you know, we can cover uh, t- titles won and, and things like that as well. But in addition to that, I, I suppose you, you recently had a, um, you recently had an event yourself as well, yourselves recently. Can you take, th- take us through that and tell us all about that? Yeah, so we've held our annual sprint triathlon. It's only just over. It was, it was held this Sunday. Um, it was our first one back after the two years being off with COVID. So it was a huge success. Um, the committee rallied together. We, we um, The committee and club members, and it all came together. There's a lot of planning involved in a, in a, in a race like that. But um, we got great interest. We had um, 220 people entered. So it was great. It was a great number That's to come back impressive. with. Now, we have hit 400 in the past. We, had, we have had held some very big events and national series events in Lockheed. But we were, you know, to come back with 220 the first year back, say, you know, is a huge achievement, and we, and we've got great feedback. It it seems it went off really well, and with no problems, and um, we got an awful lot of outside help. I just have to mention here as well, like from we say Gardaí, Order of Malta, um, we needed we needed lots of marshals. It takes an awful lot of marshals to run an event like that. We could have had up on 50, 60 marshals. So it's a lot of people to you know, the outside help we yeah. got, like, and and without them we couldn't run it. And yeah, it keeps going. The list keeps going. There, like people that done food for and on music, people supplied barriers. You, know, you name it, 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 it. There's so much involved, and without the outside help, it couldn't have went on. And and we received huge help this year, and we're very grateful for it. And I suppose the credit must go to yourselves for organising it because, as you just said yourself there, there's a lot of organising and, uh, you know, getting marshals, getting insurance. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things into that as well. But you, you just mentioned there um, earlier on about um, about COVID and you're recently back and things like that. Things were going well with the club, you know, everything, and it was great. And, and uh, you know, people were attending... Uh, People were attending uh, events and all that, and it's great. It's great, you know, doing the training and then doing the events and things like that. But also, like, the, then all of a sudden, COVID came along, very challenging. You know, there was there was travel limits, uh, travel restrictions, 
and posed. Um, you know, you could only go like five five kilometers from your house or whatever. Um, so those people that you know, people like yourself, people like you know, the members in general, it mu- it must have been very like with regards to mental well-being and mental health it must have been very challenging because before that you were going there every week and it was so you were meet you were meeting your friends every week uh it's something you look forward to every week and then all of a sudden that's taken away for you, taken away from you for for two years so it, it would be very interesting to see like you know how how you got through that and um you know it, it must have, it was a very challenging time for yourself the members but also in general, over the two years, as regards to what do you do when you can't be doing what you love doing? Yeah, well, we've a great little club, um, and we're very resilient. 